Yo, welcome back or welcome to the Educated Food Podcast. I am one half of the Educated Foods. This is Dr. J. I'm your other half, Jerome. Welcome back to another week, everybody. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another week and another episode of the Educated Food Podcast. Like us, rate us, review us, follow us, share us. Tell all your folks about us as we try to grow this Educated Food Empire. This week, we are actually going to talk about why the churches <laughs> hate Beyonce so much, yeah. <laughs> specifically black churches, um, because it seems to always be a sermon around Beyonce whenever she drops anything or does anything. Um, so we're going to talk about that and get into some other things that um, our churches probably should pay more attention to, pay more attention to and <laughs> and not pay attention to some other things. So we'll talk about that. <clears throat> and then there's some other um popular entertainment news or just news in general that we'll hop into but before we do all those things let's check in how you doing my brother speaking of beyonce i just fell in love i just quit my job (laughs) it's like no i feel good i am feeling super good um yeah that's all i'm gonna say uh it, it jeff knows and in 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 time everyone else will know but it is a good day. It's a good feeling. Uh, some people's feelings is hurt. Uh, egos are bruised right now. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. How about you, brother? How are you? <laughs> I, I'm i good. I was sick the last two, three days. Um, because when you have kids, you just got walking germs around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Carmen's now in daycare, so she's around other kids. So mm-hmm. germs galore. Um, and my, my girls are very much like their mom. They're super affectionate, like super, super affectionate. They want to be held. They want to be kissed. Um, they want to be like cuddled at night. Like they are super, super affectionate, which I am not at all. So it's been, it's been a growing experience for me to be more affectionate towards them because I know if I'm not, they're going to seek that somewhere else. So, right. I got to give my girls the affection um, they are seeking, but that gets me sick. Um, yeah. Like my, my one-year-old who never really wants to kiss mm-hmm. until she's sick. When she's sick, uh, she's all about like, come give me kiss. Uh, <laughs> I think she knows she's a little, right. she's evil that way. She's, <laughs> trying, she's trying to pass that bug. So she, don't she knows, she knows. Uh. Um, so other than that, I'm good. You know, First day of the work week for me is a Thursday, so super short week at work. Okay, <laughs> um, which work. is a positive, I guess. Um, but other than that, I'm good, man. I'm just I'm out here living. Um, you know the one crazy part? Every What's time that? I get on my health kick, like all right, I start working out crazy, eating better, I get sick, and then I can't work out, and then like it just I don't know. I, the universe does not want me to get my body right because <laughs> every single time. I get into a rhythm, I get sick, and it takes me out of my workout routine every single time. And then I fall back into just being lazy. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I had a similar situation. I have a similar feel, too. Like, every time I get into a good workout routine, like, something always happens to throw me off track, throw my weight up like crazy. Like, you know, what? What? Uh, something happened to me over the Christmas break. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I ain't going to share too yeah. much. But I was out of the gym for a month trying to like figure out, trying to get things together, all that kind of stuff like that. And I was just like, man, like why does life have to happen to throw you off track from your fitness goals? 
But there's always tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. Jump back up. Jump back on. Yeah. So I'll be I'll be I'll be hopping back on as soon as I knock out this little I'm still a little congested. Um once I knock that out, I'll be I'll be solid. I'll get right yeah. back on that Peloton and let's let's keep it moving. Let's go. Let's go. Jump on. So um yeah. you want to get into this whole Beyonce. The yeah, the church of Beyonce. Churches. Or the church versus Beyonce. Church versus Beyonce. Church versus just like popular culture and popular music. I mean, it's, it's always been a thing. Um, yeah. It's the reason why some of your greatest artists um, start in the church but don't really end up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, because they're they're often vilified and demonized for their choice of genre that they choose to sing um it's yeah. funny i was just watching the jamie fox episode the one with mary j blige and ronald yeah. isley and ronald isley is a preacher right and mary j blige is his daughter but she wants to sing r&b and he's like uh-huh. that's the devil's music you can't do that yeah. and that episode what mid 90s yeah was the jamie fox i want to say or early mm-hmm. 2000s what a, um what a good show that was a good show i like that show. And it, it is a highly underrated show. Highly underrated. Highly underrated show. Jamie did this But thing. then, Jamie did his thing. And then you get, you know, till today, right? And you still see preachers still having this sermon of like, you have to pick and choose between God and the, the music you choose to enjoy or partake in. Um, and this conversation kind of came up to me because of, I don't know who she is, but Tiffany Montgomery. Yeah. Um, she had a sermon and she was rebuking all of the Christians in her crowd um, for wanting to get Beyonce concert tickets. Um, Why? Because and... she wanted better chances? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted better chances, Tiffany? Girl, I mean, and it just, it just strikes me as this isn't the first time and it ain't going to be the last time where like people do a whole sermon. on like Beyonce what she stands for her lyrics and it blows my mind and it was just something that I wanted to bring to the table and kind of have a conversation on um, as it relates to religion and why it pushes so many people out of the church yeah um it's it's how you always are often demonized or vilified for any joy that doesn't pertain to the Lord savior jesus christ you know what i mean exactly um and and it's so funny because i know of an example that hits very close to home so it it is with a two popular brothers from a very popular r&b group from the 90s so jodeci not only had one set of brothers but they also had another set of brothers so it's two sets of brothers that made the culmination of jodeci right and the other set of brothers, who is not the more famous set, came from the church and they were vilified by their parents. And they shared that in a documentary as well, Dalvin and Devante. So they shared how, you know, their father, Father Reverend DeGrate, you know, I mean, basically humiliated them and like treated them like crap because, you know, they wanted to sing secular music. But then they were like, uh, and this is in a post-Tasha K society, I'm, I'm going to put a disclaimer out there, but knowing people who have literally gone in that church and have fell victim to that church that their father ran, 
What I will say is there are rumors that what was happening inside the church was worse, far worse than anything Dalvin and Devante was getting into and was a part of, right? Mm-hmm. Like they learned, uh, and, and, and this is just from the rumor mill that's saying factual, actual, right? I ain't stating this as fact, but there is things from the rumor mill where it's like, you know, they, they learned a lot of secular stuff inside the church that they carried over into the, you know, into, you know, where they are. They learned a lot from home and that's unfortunate. And they had a lot of trauma from home. And that's not, that's not uncommon with, with preacher kids, you know? Yeah. I mean, you even think about uh, one of my favorite groups back in the, in the early nineties, Silk. Yeah. Like before Keith Sweat got they hand, got his hands on them, they were they were church kids. They were. <laughs> um, obviously, "Freak Me" isn't a church song, no. <laughs> no. but they they were then vilified, you know, and their church kind of turned their backs on them yeah. because of the music that they were they were singing at the time and how people twist and manipulate the word to vilify this genre vilify people who choose to go into this like everyone you'll find very few r&b artists who don't have a church background right because r&b comes from the church the sound comes from the church church. it was all that stuff comes from the church that wasn't that like ray charles thing right he was he was flipping church songs um, into popular to, into popular tunes like that's that was whole Ray, Char- Ray Charles bag um, yeah. and people got mad at him because he was making it sound very much like church music when it wasn't yeah. um, they, I so mean the Clark Sisters that's the story that's the, the story of their life you know lo- looking mm-hmm. at Stevie Wonder records and you know uh, You Brought the Sunshine is a playoff of uh, Stevie Wonder song it's slipping my mind right now but it is a song that he has and they were like wait that's Stevie Wonder Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, like I said, the, the the genres are so closely related, especially now, um, where there's certain songs, certain gospel songs that come on when I'm in my car and I'm in my gospel mood. Like yeah. this, this will go off in the club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like this will go off in the club. Um, but I think the bigger thing to me is just like not they're not even like when they go after for example Beyonce they're not even going after her music right like they're going after her as a person as an individual like claiming that she's you know a devil right and she's doing all of these she is manipulating you all so she can continue to i don't know sacrifice people for her fame like i don't really get where they're going with it but it is attack on her like her womanhood um which so much of growing up in the church you are forced Mm -hmm. to force inside this box i would say and um i i've known a few preacher daughters (laughs) um who's been forced in this non-sexuality box and the minute they are from up under the grasp of that box shit got really wild Um, and it's it's not it's not safe for anyone Mm -hmm. when you are spewing this type of this rhetoric um these sermons as it relates to sexuality and you're having people with repressed 
feelings and thoughts. And then as they get adults and they're not to manage or handle those things, it, it gets dangerous for the people who have been so conditioned by their church to think this is bad. This is bad. And when they get a taste of it, they don't know how to handle it because it's been repressed for so long. Right. And so that makes it fall right in line with why they hate Beyonce, right? Like the, all this repression, all this repression of who you are as a person, your sexual energy, things of that nature. Women in the church are, you know, pr- generally taught to that their body is not a, an object for their own pleasure, right? They can't use their body for pleasure unless it's servicing someone else. And that is flawed logic and flawed thinking. Like, no, no. And then the double standard is super, super, super ever present, right? Like men can get to use their bodies for pleasure. Men can get to desire carnal things and desire pleasure, but women can't. Why? Because they're scared. They want to police women's sexuality. They want to police the purity of women. And women nowadays are out here like, look, don't police me. I no, no. And I'm going to be what I'm going to be. And I love those women who are recontrolling that narrative. Like, hey, don't do that because I'm a sexual being and I'm going to go out here and get mine. And I don't give about what you're doing or what you're getting. But right here, we're going to get it. And Beyonce is about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's very open about her sexuality now. Um, and it's, it's fun. I like hearing Beyonce talk about, like, uh, Splashing waterfalls and uh, semen, <laughs> to put it lightly. Okay. Yeah, and it's just one like I think the big thing it's and you usually see it and you hear it mm-hmm. from these mega churches. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is a whole nother thing of like what is wrong with religion today? Like these churches have gotten so far away from what our ancestors used religion for. Yeah. Right. Like back, like um, I was reading 1619 um, last year. Right. And they talked about the church and how church was one of the starting points for social change. Yeah. For the abolition of slavery, like it right. was, it started in those small secular churches where it was community, um, it was love. The mega churches are so far away from that, yeah. Where it isn't community, it isn't based on love. It's based on followership. Mm-hmm. It's based on celebrity celebrityism. Like we have so many pastors. This is the same thing we talk about with our with our so called leaders in the world today everyone wants to be a celebrity everybody wants to be big right so it's all flash in the pan stuff it's all stuff to go viral so what uh, what way what better way to go viral than to call beyonce a devil a devil or to demonize um the song church girl like all those things like i know if i talk about this it's going to get online i'm going to get more followers i'm going to get more love i.e i'm gonna get more money based on that and that is scary because that's where so many of the indoctrination of our people as black people in america are getting that from and it's so hard for them to break out of that and find their own true meaning of what of what this thing called religion is yeah and also i think another part of that is rooted in jealousy as well so the church 
oftentimes get jealous of the fact that people have desires and aspirations outside of the church, right? Like going to see Beyonce and paying, you know, an exorbitant amount of money to seeing it because they'd be like, oh, well, you can't pay your tithes, but you can go see Beyonce. Well, <laughs> the Lord know my heart and the Lord know I want to go see Beyonce and the Lord ain't getting this Beyonce ticket today. Also, I have been paying my tithes. I have been giving to the right. building fund. This pew still falling apart. Still falling apart. <laughs> still you ain't fixed apart. this pew my whole life. Where, where are my tithes going? I see you got a new Cadillac though. Talk about it. Right. Talk about it. Mm. Um, and it's, I mean, things that people just jump out the window for as it relates to religion. Um, you know, Demar Hamlin this weekend, right? Oh, at the Super Bowl, he he had on a jacket, and immediately people jumped on him, saying that you know it was demonic, it was offensive depiction of what Jesus was, and Demar Hamlin, after one probably being hella confused why people are so mad at him. Yeah, like what? What is happening? <laughs> um, he had to like release a statement like, "Yo, that's not what I. That's not." it at all actually this is my interpretation of the jacket and why i wore it which right. from his interpretation is very much a religion based or you know um standpoint that he came from right he was like it, okay. he didn't mean to disrespect anyone um it's abstract art to me yeah. uh, my belief is relationship with god is not tied to symbolic images like right. that's my belief. Like these images don't mean anything for me. I thought I was showing my religion, showing my faith, and for y'all to take it left and to say it was dem- demonic just because Jesus' face was didn't look like insert white person here. Um, they thought it was demonic. Like oh my God. literally, it's the face. Literally, that's what people were mad at. They were mad that Jesus did look like the white man that's probably in your grandma's house hanging up on the wall. <laughs> the white, the white Jesus that uh, Florida Evans played prayed to. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what they mad at. Literally, that's all they're mad at Please. is the face of Jesus. Y'all gonna get out of here with this toxic stuff. Like the face of Jesus. First of all, y'all don't know what Jesus' face looked like for real. Because if you did, then you would know that it looks nothing like even that interpretation of what Jesus looked like. The actual and literal interpretation of Jesus is, you know, a, a, a olive to brown skinned man with with locks and, you know, matted hair. And, you know, well, well, actually not olive skin. He was bronze. Mm-hmm. Skin of bronze. That's me. It was like. Hair Let me grow some hair. I can be like Jesus. That. Like, no. <laughs> well, I, I have, like I have like hair wool. Yeah. yeah. My hair look like right. sheep wool when it come in. I can look like Jesus. I'm telling you. So, he, he didn't have a perm. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, not at all. It, it was not <laughs> Alex Caviezel or whatever. Uh, Jim Caviezel. There we go. He was. That was not what Jesus looked like. Get a grip. Get a grip. And so. stop messing with folks. So what? People like the Beyonce. People like jackets that i i thought the jacket i was offended because the jacket's ugly to me but if that's what you want to wear i mean by all means i wear stuff people think is ugly too go ahead if that's your taste but it was just ugly i always laugh because i'll be that i'm in that boat like when people be mad at 
some type of fashion, yeah. I'd be mad for a whole different reason. Yeah. I'd be mad like it just didn't look good. Yeah. <laughs> like y'all mad at what it what you are projecting the meaning to be. Right. It just it just didn't look good. It didn't to me. Like it just didn't look good to me. Um abstract or not. But once again, it's just people jump out the window when it comes to religion. Um and any type of common sense or debate um goes out the window. Yeah. Absolutely right out the window. And it's unfortunate. Hopefully one day we, we can kind of get there to where we can actually have a real discussions and real debates or just let people be them and and embrace and show their love for religion in the way that they want. Like I speak about it all the time when I converted to Catholicism, it, it's, it blew my mind that the priest was like, no, I want you to question everything. He's like, I don't want you to just take what I say, what this Bible say and run with it. Question it. What does it mean to you? What is your interpretation? Right. And that changed everything for me, especially when I was going through the process, being born in a Baptist church. I'm like, I'm really converting to Catholicism right now. But having that conversation with him in that moment was like, at least he gets it. Maybe not everybody who right. follow your follow Catholicism. Not every priest feels this way, but at least you do. And I made yeah. me feel more comfortable. Hey, <sighs> you know, the world is what it's going to be. The world is what it's going to be. I, I'm just, it's just interesting. So yeah. It's, it's, speaking of interesting, mm-hmm. this is something I've been wanting to talk about for like two weeks, but okay. we haven't really had the time to talk about it. So I took my girls to Disneyland um, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And while we were waiting in line to get into this, it was a show, I believe we were waiting for at this point. We were waiting for some show yeah. to start. Carmen, my three-year-old, sees this little girl with a Snoopy backpack on. Mm-hmm. And Carmen freaks out. She mm-hmm. wants this Snoopy backpack so bad. And she doesn't understand Snoopy, at least for us in California, that's Knott's Berry Farm. Whole different park. Whole different park. What? We're at Disneyland. Yeah. So Knott's Berry Farm, it's like you can get all of Charlie Brown and friends. Oh, the Charlie like, Brown stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's Knott's Berry Farm. We're at Disneyland. Completely different brand. But anyway, she's freaking out over this Snoopy backpack. Yeah. And as me and her mom look, we're like, that's not really a backpack. It's a leash. So as I'm trying to explain to my three-year-old, one, they don't sell them here because this is Disneyland and Disneyland doesn't have these characters. Right. Also, you don't actually want that because it's not a backpack. It's a leash. And she goes, so what's a leash? Mm-hmm. This is where things get interesting. Because you and if I'm talking to you or anyone of our age, I can be like, your leashes is what they put on dogs. But as I was explaining, leashes go on dogs, it hit me. My daughter, I don't think she's ever seen a dog on a leash. In year 2023, I have seen more kids on leashes than I've seen pets. Mm-hmm. When did this shift occur to where it's free to let your dog roam around restaurants all crazy but your kid is locked up on a leash. Craziness. Like, 
that just blew my mind. Like thinking about that. When y'all go out now, y'all gonna be noticing like, yo, that dog ain't on a leash. Nope. But that kid is on a leash. I've even seen a dog in a dog park running around, but the kid is on a leash. But the dog is free to roam. Like all in the same family. You we are treating kids now like we used to treat animals with all this restriction um, and not being able to literally just have a conversation or to teach your kid how not to run around in a public place. Yeah. Yeah. And take the easy route. All I owe this kid is unmanageable. I'm just going to throw him on a leash. Right. So feel like you can have a conversation. Uh, I, I'm kind of stuck because I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this leash thing. I'm like, kids bad, dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> they are, and they be everywhere. And you don't want beat on your kids all the time. Like, I, I, I think about the times where we got beatings, and the more and more I think about it, we didn't get as many beatings as I thought we did. It was literally <laughs> just the fact that my mother could look at us and make us cry. It felt like a beating, but it wasn't a beating. And parents, I, I'm not, I'm not speaking for you. But parents may not have that kind of control anymore, especially not, you know, uh, the, the other side of the hand, parents. Um, they may not have that control anymore. And so they opt to have a leash. I don't necessarily disagree. I'm not on the side where I agree. I am. I, and I can't say I'm in the middle because I, I just don't know. I'm in a space where I'm like, I don't know until I have kids. And mm-hmm. y'all know what the deal with that is. I ain't have no kids. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to have to stay out of this because I don't know. I can see I both sides. Yeah. I feel personally, and I mean, I can do some Googles. I can pull up some articles and, and get yeah. real research deep and focused on the negative impacts of a leash. But I feel like there's... I think the negatives to a leash probably will outweigh all the benefits because the only benefit from the leash is stopping your kid from running away. Mm-hmm. But the negatives can be like, I don't know, your child thinking you're a power struggle between you and your child, which makes your child even more aggressive because they now they're being restrained and they can't do anything that they really want to do. And all you're doing is holding them back with this leash. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you what are you teaching the kid by keeping them on the leash? Like you're not yeah. teaching them any skills or of like actual life skills about like, Hey, mm-hmm. when we're in this park with, with my, with my daughter, she understands she can't run away from us. Exactly. And, and how did we get that? Like, cause you will be lost. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like someone can take you, you can run into something to get injured. Right. Like explaining all these skills to her. So she understands when the crowd gets big, she gets closer to us. She grabs our hand. She wants to like she knows she has to hold our hand through these things. So she just don't run off. Like that's a skill that she's learned that we were able to teach her. A leash doesn't teach them that. As soon as you let them off the leash, they don't know. They just now it's free time. I'm no longer being held back. Personally, that's how I feel. I feel like I need to get a child development major on here and talk about. Yeah. We, we, we do. because and, and that's something, that's an interesting topic that we definitely need to circle back around to because, again, I am on the fence about this, not being a parent, but I can see how parents can put their kids on leashes. Even black parents. I used to be like, oh, no, you know black parents ain't going to do that. 
But even I can see. Yo, leashes are a thing right now. I'm actually I'm putting a call out on the social right now. Okay. <laughs> um, so we can we can circle back on this. I don't know. Um, it may be needed, necessary. Keep your kid next to you, especially with people snatching kids too. Like people be snatching kids all the time, and when your kid running away from you and stuff like that, or just running to do stuff kids do, right? Like kids being kids. I I have a unhealthy fear of someone snatching a kid that is with me. That's why I keep my nephews right by my side when I'm oh, it's, with them. And it it is everything I do, right? So I can literally, we can be getting ready to leave. And like, I buckle my girls in and I'm like, oh shit, I got to run back in the house. Yeah. The fear of like, I got to run back in and my girls are going to be in this car for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. It's scary as hell because one, I watch way too many crime shows mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've seen stories of people just like coming up and just taking your kids and walking away and you never seeing your kid again. Like that is a rational fear that if you are responsible for a child that you have, mm-hmm. like whether it's your child or not, when that child is with you, the last thing you want them yeah. to do is be taken or to be hurt. Right. Like, those are the things you don't want to happen on your watch. Yeah. So I, but I don't think personally, I don't think they have them on leashes because they are fear of their kids being taken. They have them on leashes because you can't tell your kid to sit their ass down. Right. Right. <laughs> like that's, that's the thing. And and maybe I'm speaking because I'm lucky enough to where Carmen doesn't run away. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see with this wild one, Gigi, coming up. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, there, there has to be a better way. Like, there has yeah. to be a better way. Yeah. Um, and they have like they have things that are alternative to leashes. Like they do. Well, I don't know if this is any better. They have cuffs, so so, <laughs> so arm cuffs. So it cuffs the child to your arm. Yes. They, it's still a restraint, though, dog. It like, is. Yeah, you're right. Why, why are we restraining our kids? No like, I, I just can't. I just can't. I can't. I mean, we're going to go back to the old methodology, just throw them in a stroller. All right, we're going in a right. stroller. But you know kids nowadays, they want to explore. They want to this. They want to do that. Like I said, I mean, it's, I, I get there's a reason for it. Like, I'm yeah. not going to pretend like I don't. Like I've seen kids running around hella crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to get your kid. Right. But still, for me, there mm-hmm. has to be a balance. I shouldn't see more kids on leashes than I see dogs. That's how I feel. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. Like you can but get your you- dog to listen, but you can't get your kid to listen. Well, well. <laughs> Well, well, that is, um, you know, that that sounds interesting. <laughs> Does not sound like something that's going on in my family. <laughs> <laughs> but sounds interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds very interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Right. You, you just don't want these kids running around doing, being wild. We'll, we'll we'll circle um, back on this one. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll get a child development major on, um, yeah, and, and we can have some some conversations around just certain things that 
I mean, people might have questions too, yeah. um, or questions about, um, right. because I, I have I have a lot of questions <laughs> about how we um, choose to not discipline our kids anymore about around certain things or how we need to go about doing it. How I guess you're supposed to let your child child just throw tantrums, like you're supposed to let them have do that. Ooh. Exactly, <laughs> a child development major will will tell you no. Ooh. You shouldn't stop them from doing that. <laughs> wow! So you can raise a terrorist? No, no terrorism starts it te- at home. Uh, it, it teaches them how to start handling emotions by letting them get it out instead of re- instead of repressing it. I believe that's the argument. But I'll get a child development major on here who's better at explaining that than I am. But yeah, when 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 they told me that, I was like, "Wait, what?" It's like, yeah, you probably should let them do it. What? No. Mm. No, no, not even gonna happen. No, how dare no. you throw a tantrum in a house that you don't pay for, in a space <laughs> where you getting free food, free clothes, free shelter, free air, free water? You better shut that all the way down. No, yeah, I mean it's so many moments now where like I've become my parents. Yeah, I, I get it. Uh. I get it one hundred percent now. <laughs> Like even as an adult, we was I was joking about this with with one of my colleagues, where it was lunchtime. We were like, "Yo, I ain't got no time. I think I'm gonna run at McDonald's." I was like, "You seen the prices on McDonald's lately?" Uh, I see right. why my parents be like, "We can make a burger at home." <laughs> like, yes, yes. Like you about to spend twelve bucks for a terrible burger? Mm. And, and they always some- terrible. Yeah, they always like you get that nostalgia feel. You see the arches. You like, oh, you know mm. what? Let me go get a Big Mac. No. Two, three bites in, you'd be like, why did I buy this shit? That thing tastes <laughs> like a sponge that 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 you that you wrung some chlorine out of. No. Mm-hmm. Be so disappointed. Be on a refund with the quickest. Right. And that that draws me back to a conversation that I had with my aunt when I was little. Uh, so one day, speaking of audacity of kids, right? So one day we were, you know, downtown and we were getting stuff for my aunt and my mom for, for Mother's Day. And my uncle was like, all right, let's go. And so we got back to the house and we gave the gifts to my mom and my aunt. And then I asked, well, when is Children's Day? And they both looked at me like, every goddamn day is Children's Day. What the hell you mean? <laughs> and I think about that like, how dare I? I had the audacity when I was living scotch-free, no rent, clothes, food, that I kept eating up, running back and forth to the refrigerator, little bobblehead, big head little boy. Running in out the refrigerator, running in out the house, air, heat, and I had the nerve to ask, "When is Children's Day?" I think about that, and I want to slap the hell out of myself sometimes. <laughs> you, you you get older, you get more experience. You get more experience. You get more yeah. experience. You understand these things. Um, it's it's crazy, especially just with my daughter. She wants everything, so she's spoiled, and we struggle with not spoiling her. Cause I mean, when you grow up as a kid with yeah. limited resources, mm-hmm. either your parents can't afford it or they don't want to get it. Like that's, right. that's usually what you fell into is like, I can afford it, but I'm still not going to get it to you. Cause it costs this much or I can't afford yeah. it. I'm not going to get it at all. Right. So as a child who felt deprived of some things, I won't say I was deprived of much, but when I deprived of some things, I feel like, you know, I go overboard with getting my daughter stuff. Yeah. Um, 
And she's funny because it was something she wanted the other day. And I was like, how are you going to pay for that? And she was like, with money. I'm like, with who money? She was like, she looked at me like I was stupid and was like, your money. <laughs> like, what are you talking about here? I'm three. I don't have money. Daddy has money. Mommy has money. I want this. And guess what? You get it. Y'all going to get it. And I'm just like, we can say no for about a week. But after a while, we're just like, just get the damn thing. Because she's yeah. not going to forget about it. She's going to keep asking for it. Just get it. Like, she wears us down. Yeah. My sister's so. going to do that right now with her son. Because he does that to her. And she used to do it to my mother all the time. And she Word was like, down. no, I was a good kid. Mommy ain't never go through that with me. You a damn lie. <laughs> you a lie. And now your son doing it to you. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> It is. It's the ultimate payback. Yeah. Your kids are the ultimate payback. Like whatever you did to your parents, they give it back to you double time. And, and double that's time. why I'm terrified. And that is why I'm <laughs> to have kids. Let's let's be clear about what the real deal is about why I don't want to have kids. Because I'm scared I'm gonna get everything back <laughs> that I gave out plus some, and had this little big head kid running around my damn house. <laughs> no. Yeah. My only fear was, which I'm still struggling with, is my selfishness. Like, I'm so selfish. Yeah. So, like, that is my struggle. It's not to be selfish when it comes to what I want, when it comes to, like, my time. Because I'm still a big, I'm still a big introvert. I'm still big. Like, I need my time, my space. And it is definitely extremely hard to do that. Um with a three-year-old and a one-year-old who wants your time. They want your yeah. attention. Um, and you got to give that to them, even when you need just a time to breathe. Um, right. Like, that's where I say I'm selfish. I've been, a, I, I been got over, no, I want shoes, so my daughter ain't going to get something because I want these Jordans. That selfishness yeah. is out the window. My daughter gets before I get. Yeah. It is what it is. But see, when it comes to my time, that's still struggle. I'm like... Yeah, I want to play this video game. I don't want to watch whatever cartoon y'all want to watch for the 6,000th time. I can't do it. I can't do it. If I want some shoes, somebody go get me some shoes. I'm about to watch (laughs) what I want to watch. Well, no, I don't even do that now. I got uh, a partner who don't even let me watch what I want to watch. (laughs) Lord have mercy. My wife, man, I just fall asleep on everything she want to watch. I'm like, yeah, cut that on. Cut that on. And then Ow. get cussed out later about it. And then <laughs> have to be reminded over and over again of how that one time you fell asleep on the show and now you just don't care and you don't care about my feelings because uh, you fell asleep that one time. I just be like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, get used to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty used to it. <laughs> pretty used to it. Um, what we got going? You got anything else, man? No, that's about it. Um, you know, just, just, yeah, the world is, is, is a dumpster fire and it's still spinning and we still here. Still here. And we might, we might talk into about some of those deeper issues a little bit later, but we gotta, we gotta get light. I mean, this world is always burning up and we always talking about something deep. (laughs) It felt like this whole, the beginning of this year is always something crazy. Um, But what I will say as we bounce out is thoughts and prayers to the families of the students who are lost at Michigan State University. Uh, 
And with that, one half of the Educated Food, this is Dr. J. And your other half, Jarrell. Peace, everybody. Take care.